listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I am Chuck Peter, and I get the privilege of being your host again today, and thank you for listening. Today, we are going to be talking about, um, about a topic that's timely and uh, an important one in the culture that we live in today, and that's we're going to be talking about anxiety in kids and what we can do to help alleviate and address that and, and raise our awareness of some of the anxieties that kids are living with. And joining me today to talk about this is my is my anxiety-ridden friend. <laughs> no, you're not. It's Brian Dimbozik. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chuck. Brian is the publishing team leader for the Gospel Project for Kids and the managing editor of the Gospel Project from which, every age level. Yeah, which could be the cause of great anxiety. Could, at it time. really could it, be. That's you've got a you have multiple you have a lot of jobs. It's a lot going on, yes. That's you have many hats. Yes, and one head to wear all of those hats. Now, do you? And, and I was in a, a podcast a couple of days ago with uh, Jeremy Carroll, who is yes. leads Kids Discipleship mm-hmm. Publishing Team, and we were commenting that he and I have the same haircut. Now, you also share this haircut. Y- yes, I do. Well, technically, you were here first, so I'm following your example. Is that, was that Jeremy an was here remark? after us. Is that so. ageism? That is ageism. I'm being ageist right Say now. Say I'm here first. Now, I, I may have had my hair longer than you. We don't know because there's a move to the – and I call it a haircut. I started shaving my head like this see, before where I was married. Brian, so, so Brian and I so are both probably 20 years, 20 20 years follically so. challenged. Oh, there's no challenge about it. It's <laughs> gone. From my, <laughs> follically absent on Years my. ago, I had said if my hair ever decides it's going to leave me, I'm going to preemptively cut it off. And so I started doing that years and years ago. Yeah, it's, it's been about probably 20 years for me doing this. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I ran a comb through hair on my head. So as a head shaver, I mentioned before with your work that you wear many hats. Yes. Are you a hat person? Eh. Really? Wear, at times, well, you know, you got to be when you go outside in the sun. Because, right, because you, you have to be if, careful. Yeah, so like the other night I went to a soccer game and I put a lid on my head because A lid? Not, Did you call it a lid? Yeah, I called it a lid. If not, my head would have burned, and that's, I've had one really bad sunburn on my head, and I never want to repeat it. Wow. It was terrible. I was driving with a sunroof open from Orlando to Daytona. Well, okay, so you're in And Florida I wasn't smart one. enough. Yeah, I wasn't smart enough to recognize, yeah, there was a nice breeze, so it was keeping fry. my head cool, but my head was baking yes. that whole time. So as soon as I stopped, as soon as I got off the highway, I realized my mistake. Oh. Immediately, did you get the burn blisters? Oh, and all yes. that the peeling. Yes, and yeah, I'd walk peel- around. Your like, head peels. It's, I was like pig pen with this like, like vapor trail. Of, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was. I was a a, a scalp leper. <laughs> it was That's not, awful. Well, yeah, so I would assume that you would be more of a hat man. See, so personally, I'm a baseball cap yeah. sort of a guy. I know a lot of a lot of different people wear different styles of hats, and there are some who wear like the you know Indiana Jones style hat. Yeah, I couldn't pull that the off. The ten gallon hat. No, I couldn't pull that off. The either. beanie, like the you know the uh, the knit, and might be knit more beanie cap for me. sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah I can't pull that off either. I'm, I'm not hip enough. I would never say that about you. I would, uh, just, I would say it about me. I would, so we are men without hats, I but guess, yeah. which is a little 80s music reference. And with that said. And we're also men at work. Let's, we are, and we are so men So let's at get work. to work. Hey. Let's, let's uh, talk about what we're supposed to be talking about, let's Chuck. Let's do that. So you, we will put in the show notes a link uh, to a blog post that you wrote recently. Okay. And you, you shared. And this is, although we like to have a good time together and goof around, this is a very serious topic. It and, is. Yeah. And uh, anxiety uh, is something that we see increasing in children. Uh, yeah. We hear more and more that this uh, young generation who's coming up has more carries more anxiety than any generation prior, 
a lot of that may be related to social media and other pressures yeah. and things that, that kids have. Maybe it's pressures from us as parents. Um, as uh, many of us as church leaders are also parents, and so this can apply to us as we mm-hmm. parent our children, but as um, as ministers to kids and families, it's really important for us to be aware of, uh, of where kids are at in regards to anxiety and where f- what families are dealing with, and to have some tools in our back pocket that we that can at least help us interact and engage in a way that's informed. Right. And so Brian has written an article. It's called Five Lessons I'm Learning as a Dad of Kids with Anxiety. And uh, Trey Garza, who is our producer, you'll publish that in the show notes. Please, Trey, put, the, put a link there to that. So if you are listening anywhere besides kidsministry101.com, please visit kidsministry101.com. Find this episode and you'll find a link in the show notes so you can uh, read that article. The great thing about that is it's really shareable. Uh, You can also look for Lifeway Kids on Facebook. And if you find Lifeway Kids and like us on Facebook, this uh, article and others like it from the blog will show up in your feed. It makes it really easy for you to pass them along to others who need to read the article. But we also invite you to share the podcast. Uh, Give us a like and a thumbs up and a bunch of good stars wherever you're listening and and, uh, share the episode with others who may need to hear this as well. Sounds so like Brian, you're wrapping up the uh, podcast thank right you there. All for yeah, listening. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you great, being here. We had a great and, conversation, uh, this, Chuck. This podcast is a loose, vague reference to an article that exists on a blog. <laughs> right. uh, kids, so KidsMystery101.com Kidsmystery101.com is a great place to go. It's got blog and podcasts and all oh, this stuff the and the free again. magazine. So <laughs> go check it all out. And stuff from Brian. And Brian, uh, it is Brian Dembozik. And, yes. and we know a lot of people have a little trouble with your name at first. Yes. Uh, and some, but but that's a whole different episode. That's, we'll yeah, do that. We'll do that later. That, yeah, we can do that later. So let's talk about this issue of anxiety. Okay. You see it at home, yes. But you can speak to it from a, a broader perspective yeah. since you've dealt with it. So, yeah. what are you finding? What are what are kids dealing with? Well, I think first we have to be really careful to parse kids who struggle with anxiety with kids who might be anxious at times, and it's a totally different thing. So, mm-hmm. for example. Um, I, I tend not to worry. I'm not, my wife's a little bit more of a worrier. I tend not to worry. I tend not to get anxious too much, but I will get anxious at times. Uh, the first time I spoke to a really large group, for example, I got a little bit of anxious. And that's kind of normal. Yeah, it's kind of normal. So we all have, we all experience anxiousness like that at times. But we have to think it's different for kids who are struggling with anxiety. So f- two of my three kids, for example, one has been diagnosed. Uh, the other one probably could be. We just haven't taken him to get checked out in this level. But um, they struggle with anxiety, meaning it just it captures them on a deeper mm-hmm. level. So when I'm anxious, I know it. I can feel it. And there's often I can do something about it or it'll pass um, in due time. My two kids, for example, that's not the case when anxiety captures them. Mm-hmm. And they, they know they're anxious, but they can't do anything about it. And there's the difference. It's a different depth, depth rather. It's, it's a different level of anxiety. And so that's the first thing we have to understand. If we're teaching a, a, a group of, of 10, 12 kids, for example, we may have one in there who really struggles with anxiety, like two of my kids. And that's different. We have to treat him or her, and, and, and there's a way that we can love him or her differently than a kid who might just be anxious one Sunday because something's going on. You know, yeah. you have a big soccer game afterward or something. Right. Or a test coming or, up. Or a or, test or coming or up. Exactly. some other struggles at home that could be legitimately exactly. uh, worthy of anxiety. Yeah. And, and I'll give you an example of, of how that conversation might go. So you have little Chuck who's there, and he's anxious about a test coming up, and mm-hmm. little Brian who is sh- struggling with anxiety. With, with Chuck, 
I would I I think it's okay to to encourage Chuck and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you'll you'll get through this. The the test will be fine. You'll be and and you're encouraging Chuck, and Chuck hears that and understands it. But with little Brian, who struggled with anxiety, those words ring hollow. It's actually one of the things I've learned as a dad not mm. to say, yeah, because it undermines and belittles unintentionally what my kids are going through. It makes it sound like they their feelings are invalid, and that's the the thing I've really again. These are if if listeners go and read this blog post they'll see i'm very transparent these are lessons i'm continuing to learn i struggle with this yeah um and so god in his kindness is teaching me me these things but i still have to learn and practice them a lot better than i do at times and so what what i say matters and and a lot of times i i say the wrong things meaning the best but the the ears and more importantly the heart of my kids who are struggling with anxiety in that moment it, it does them no good mm. so saying hey it's all going to be okay that's not what my kids hear in that moment that's not what they need to hear either so you you share these five lessons that you're mm-hmm. learning the first one is knowing what not to say matters and so you, you and you mentioned as you t- as you talk about this that sometimes those things they can ring hollow or yeah. it can just sound like platitude we can even use scripture yeah and it, it sounds you know somebody reading that or, or hearing what we're about this what i'm about to say may think oh brian you're you're, you're so ungodly i mean come on you're be anxious for you, nothing, you're the managing right? of the gospel I mean, project and you're about to to dismiss scripture no i'm not dismissing scripture mm-hmm. however what i would want people to be concerned about and careful about is using scripture as a heavy tool to beat the head of a kid rather than an ointment for that kid's heart. Mm. And, and here's what I mean by that. So you have a kid who's struggling with anxiety. And this is one of the things I've learned. My kids don't want to be anxious. They're not choosing that. Yes. They're not being defiant against me. I think sometime in my sinful posture, I might have that thought. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, and I'm a problem solver. So I just want to say, stop, just stop, stop being it, anxious. Right? Just, yeah, just snap out of it. Make the choice. Just think better things, you know, stop thinking about these absurd what ifs. Um, and just, you know, control your, your mind, control your heart, and let's go. Right. Um, and, and it's almost like they are doing this out of spite toward me or they're choosing. They're not. Yeah. They are not at all. They don't want to be anxious. And so think about it. If I come with them with what actually is, is not an ointment but salt in the wound and say, yeah. well, here's what Scripture says. Scripture says don't be anxious. Now, what might my kid think? Mm. Oh, now I'm, I'm failing God, too. Right. Like God says, I, I shouldn't be anxious. I'm being anxious. Now I'm being disobedient, but I can't control it. And so it actually propels them deeper. Into a downward spiral. Because now, oh, I need yeah. to stop because I don't want God to be upset with me. Right. And so there's, I, I know it's this like sounds so unbiblical. It sounds neck, so right? ungodly, but there's a wrong way that we can bring scripture to bear sure. in somebody's life. And I think that's one of the areas we have to be very careful. So there are scriptures that speak to this. But in, especially in the heat of the moment when my kids are really in an episode where they're struggling deeply with anxiety, throwing a verse is not necessarily like a coffee mug verse is not necessarily what they need. Yeah. What they need to hear from me are the greater truths of the gospel, that God still loves you. Even though right now you probably feel like you're failing, yes. that you're not trusting in God, that, that you, know, you, you feel weak, you feel maybe even that you're sinning in some level or some way that God loves you no matter what. His, his grace is fixed upon you. His mercy and his love is fixed upon you. Even in this moment, God loves you dearly. And God has promised that he will be with us through everything, including yes. what you're going through right now. Yes. Those are the gospel truths my kids need to hear. Those are the yes. gospel truths we need to share 
with kids with anxiety in the classroom or the other context, not just throw Bible verses at them. Well, and as parents, like you said, you're a fixer, right? We, yes. we want to fix our kids. We want to yes. help them to the extent that we help them forever and it's done. But the truth is that's not what we're called to do. We, we're not called to fix our kids, no. we're the, but we need to walk with them in discipleship yes. and, and teach them how to relate to God through the difficult and through those uh, the, the struggles that they have. Yeah. And as ministers to kids, we also can have a tendency to be fixers. Yeah. And, and we also don't want to misrepresent God. God has not promised that he will, using this term again, fix my kids' anxiety. Yeah. My, my kids may r- wrestle with anxiety for the rest of their lives. And so I don't want to misrepresent God. I don't want to speak where God has not spoken. Right. I don't want to say, hey, God will take care of this. He will remove this from you. He may not. But I do need, so that's fixing in the wrong way. Right. But I do need, as you're saying, to disciple them, come alongside them, and show them God will sustain you. Yes. If this is something you do with for the rest of your life, God will sustain you. He's sufficient. He's good enough that he will be there. He will carry you through, and you are going through this for a reason. Yeah. That God uses everything for his glory and our good, even if it doesn't feel that way, if he doesn't see it. And I see this in my two kids, for example, because they will help one another in times of anxiety. So they're able to help one another in ways that I can't because they know what it's like. Yeah. So I can see God bringing beauty from ashes, even even in, in snapshots like that. Yeah. And anxiety is one of those things that we need to be, um, not that we need to be on high alert to seek it out, but, yeah. but it takes a different type of awareness to recognize this as an issue that a child is dealing with, right? Because yeah. if we treat everyone like little Chuck, where, hey, this is just a normal part of your, everybody has stresses and things. There's a very different, uh, there's a threshold that makes yeah. it different for some kids than others. And we need to be cautious in yeah. how we interact. Well, and, you know, as we know, they're, they're, oh, my kids are famous for doing this. I have three kids and uh, they, they love to throw the fairness card out. And for them, the, you know, we, mom and dad, we need to treat them all fairly. They define that the same. And, and we're trying to teach them, no, fairness is not the same. Fair, fairness is, te- is treating somebody the proper way, the, the way that, that is honoring to God. Fair and equal are not the same. Exactly, right? yeah, they're not. Sure. Yep. Yeah, so, um, so I say that because if we know there's a kid, for example, um, the teachers who, who work with my kids and serve my kids in, in our church, they know about their anxiety. And so they will do things for them specifically because they know about it. Yeah. Uh, in our public school, both my kids are in public school, the, they, their teachers, the administration, they know this and there are certain things. So my, one of my kids, for example, can take tests longer, mm. has more time to take tests because of this. And so that's different, but that's what she needs. Right. So f- as teachers in the classroom, for example, if we know there's a kid or kids who struggle with anxiety, then we want to proactively think through and pray through what can we do to help them when they have an episode and we may need to do something a little bit differently with them than we might the rest of the group Hmm. and so just knowing that ahead and planning on that is important a second lesson that you talk about learning is in regard to patience yeah we've touched a little bit on that but let's unpack that just a little bit more you know i'm just impatiently waiting for us to get to this one (laughs) because (laughs) i am so bad with i i patience is, is a struggle with me in general and this is one area I think I failed the most, and I continue to fail the most with, with my kids in this area and, and many other areas. Um, and, and patience, though, is so, you know, I, I referenced the, the, the adage that, you know, patience is a virtue. No, it's not a virtue. It's a necessity when it comes to this. Yeah. Because these episodes are, are challenging, and they can last a long time. 
and I need to be patient with my kids. I need to continue looking at them through the lens of love as a father rather than through the lens of frustration and bitterness sometimes. Uh, there have been times one of my kids through anxiety has ruined a day for my family. Yeah. We've wanted to do something fun as a family and it fell apart completely because of anxiety issues. And it's easy to fall into a sinful, selfish trap of, of, yeah. of blaming and being bitter and upset and frustrated. And, and my, we do, we all yeah. do that in our flat. And maybe it's a dad thing. I don't know, but I've been there too. Yeah. It, it's so for me, it's my prayer needs to be for patience, for, for love, love and patience. Um, the patience that God demonstrates to us. And I think about how God sees me and how clueless I am and how I mess up all the time repeatedly. And yet he showers me with grace and mercy. And you're listening for just the spirit, right? The fruit of the spirit yeah. of love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, yeah. So gentleness. I, I, I think that's really important, especially in a classroom environment where you may be teaching a group and you have an agenda then. You want to get through a session or whatever. And, and this is uh, a disruption that's yeah, inconvenient. Yeah, it's a disruption. And, and so it's, it might be easy for us, even in, that, in a church context, yeah. it, it might be easy for us to lose our patience and, and treat that kid the wrong way or not handle the situation the best. And, and we don't honor the gospel when we do that. We don't honor a kid. We don't honor ourselves. Nobody wins. All the other kids are watching. And so for us to, to if you know this, then pray up in advance for patience. Be walking in the spirit. As you said, this that's a, a it's a fruit tip. of the spirit. Yeah, that's a great tip to, to anticipate, right? Because one thing we might, we, we might lose patience in the moment the first time. But if we know that same child is coming back next week, yeah. next week, next week, next vacation, next exactly. Father's Day, next Christmas. Yeah. And look for triggers. You know, I talk about this as well. My kids, for example, anything out of the ordinary can be a trigger for them. They, they need routine. They need structure. So if you are teaching a class and you generally do the same thing, you have a rhythm, which we recommend in general anyway, yes. but you know, there's something to be different coming up. Then you want to give a warning about that, especially to any kids who might struggle with anxiety, prepare them, explain them, walk them through. And you probably have to do this more than once. Mm -hmm. Um, but walk them through what's going to be different. You know, maybe there's a different teacher going to be in there that week or you're going to be in a different room for some reason or whatever the case may be. But walk them through, think through what might be challenging for them and explain as much as you can and then pray up extra that day because there's a highly higher likelihood of that kid having an anxiety episode yeah. because of the change. Well, and, and we as adults, many of us are, are wired to think, oh, hey, a surprise is a great thing. Right, we're yeah. going to surprise the kids with this. Or we're going to, hey, you didn't know this, but ah, we're going to change the whole room around. Or we're going to be down the hall. Or we're going outside yeah. today. Any of those things could cause a major uh, yeah. difficulty, a struggle for someone who really struggles with anxiety. Yeah. It, it's amazing how those rhythms, those, those, those regular rhythms are an ointment for, for the soul of a kid who wrestles with anxiety. So well, at least for my kids. There, there may be other parents or other leaders who it may be a little bit different for their kids, but the one I've with my kids, what we've this is what we've experienced. Yeah. So consistency and predictability, yeah. and they need to be able to to, to uh, understand what to expect when they arrive. Exactly. Those are great things for us to be aware of. And as we do get to understand that there is a child or, or multiple children in our ministries who who are wrestling with this, we need to make sure that we're intentional about about. Uh, formulating the way that we do ministry in a way yeah. that that makes it uh, easier for them yep good tip so that was uh, routines give comfort let's talk about finding uh, finding tools that can help yeah this is a good one we again we have taken one of our children to uh, a counselor and, and and this child has been uh, been diagnosed with with anxiety issues and 
And one of the great things about this is we have been given tools uh, to use, and actually both of my kids have these tools now. Uh, but one, for example, is a squish ball. Hmm. Um, there's a tactile thing when there's anxiety, something in control. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. Don't play one on TV. Or something comfort that's comforting. Yeah, there's something and, about yeah. it that, that is important. Um, he, he forgot it at home the other day before school, and, and my wife had to go back home and get it and bring it back to him because forgetting it caused anxiety. Sure. Um, with not having that. So there's something, it's secure and it's so forth. So thinking through um, what tools, uh, it could be a squish ball, and this is where you want to communicate with parents as well. Yes. And, and if you're a parent, you want to communicate well with teachers and leaders yes. and get on the same team. Um, so the teacher doesn't take that squish ball away thinking it's a distraction. Right. Um, or it's not. F- these or, all touch one another, right? Exactly. it could be a distraction that I try to eliminate, or it could be it's not fair if every kid doesn't exactly. have one. Exactly. But no, my kid, my son, he needs that squish ball, for example. And so if you take that away from him, oh, my goodness, it's not going to go well. Yeah. So tools like that, then there are other tools. In fact, it might be a wise choice for, for a teacher in that setting to have something that's special for that space, have their yeah. own special squish ball when you come to church. Exactly. Or something that the child would actually look forward yeah. to. And, and, and going a step farther, you know, there could be a time where that kid does not want to feel um, pointed out, singled out. So get squish balls for everybody. For in the everybody. Class. Yeah. Yeah. And encourage everybody to, hey, you can use these squish balls if you're just kind of needing to kind of think some of you you need to be squishing something while you noodle on something that yeah. we're talking about or you need to squish I love ball, it you know whatever and so you can kind of give it to the whole group and that one kid who has the anxiety who needs that squish ball doesn't feel singled out yeah so there are di- different things you can do like that different tools and resources um you know my daughter for example there are certain things that we talk about when, when she's struggling with anxiety and, and their tools now here's here's the the flip side of this a lot of times my kids in times of of having an anxiety episode, they don't even use their tools. They, they just shut down. Yeah. And so there are times I get frustrated again. It goes back to my lack of patience. Right. You say, we've equipped you with exactly. tools. Exactly. We've given you tools. Use your tools. <laughs> we've and been through some of this in our family as well. Yeah. So it's a matter then of how can I help this child get the tools that he or she has to start using them to help. And then to access them exactly. on their own, for sure. Exactly. So, so it adds another layer of complexity at times. Yeah. Well, then how can we lighten the load? Your fifth, fifth lesson you're learning is that it's a lighten the load. Yeah, I think lightening load for us as a family means that we say no to a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of comfort in routine and schedules and so forth. Now, this is not to say that we should shield our kids from anything new and different. Life doesn't work that way. Right. We harm them if we put them in the protected bubble. The bubble boy. The bubble boy. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just, you know, we don't want to do that. The moops, the more. <laughs> uh, we, we don't want to do that. So, we, but it, it says just, moops. It says moops okay. on the card. Um, what we don't want to do is we, we don't want to isolate them so much so that they can't function in life. Because, right. again, life, it just doesn't work that way. However, I think it's wise for us to be really jealous of our time and schedules as families, especially, or in a classroom, even. And that may mean saying no to some good opportunities. So there are many times our church has events or something that would be good for my kids to be part of our family. And we say no because maybe it's, you know, the first week or two of school. First week or two of school, we're saying no to everything. Yes. Because that is one of the, that's one of the the main anxiety points for my kids. And that's another thing is you have to recognize these times. Mm -hmm. 
that's a new. They're going to a new new classroom. It's a new school year. What if I, I don't know why I make any friends. Mm -hmm. There are so many questions. So we don't want to compound that and pile on by saying, hey, you know, as a church, we're doing this different thing. Let's go. Especially if it's a big hypey thing. Exactly. Right? Because if it's a big over-the-top extravaganza kind yeah. of event and there's loud noises and all kinds of things, yeah. so, those can all be triggers. So I think there, it's wise to even something good to say no to it um, and, and give your kids a chance to kind of sit in a comfortable environment, comfortable routine, and protect as much as you can. So doing that, thinking through that, I think is, is really helpful. But again, uh, just, just to be clear, balance that with, with don't put them in that protective bubble. And so we, we, being aware of all of this needs to influence the way that we interact with kids and families yeah. as church leaders. And so we, something that we uh, have a, a tendency possibly to do as leaders is when someone's not there, we think that there's something wrong with us. Yeah. Right. It's uh, well. How come the Dimbosics aren't here? Does they do they not? Are they not supporters of our ministry? Exactly. They, how come they're we're doing this big thing and they're not here? So there's a level of understanding, and I think a lot of that comes from clarification through communication. It does. So I think it's two ways. I think one from church leaders, and again for for full disclosure, I'm not on my church's staff team or anything like that. So I'm a I'm a member. Um, and so, you know, I want my staff, it's up to me as a parent to articulate this. And, and this is what being a church is all about. We're a family. And so there's no shame in this. There's, there should be nothing, no, that's right. you know. And so for me to go up to, to my kid's ministry leader, to go up to my pastor, whoever the case may be, and explain. And they all know this. They know what my kids struggle with. And so we have no problem saying, hey, you know, we're not going to be there at the thing. We're sorry going to miss it, but we need to be home. And they understand that. Conversely, as, as you're intimating, Chuck, from a ministry leader perspective, so if you're a ministry leader listening, yeah, get, don't, don't measure your self-worth based on the, the amount of attendance you, you see coming to your events. Yeah, um, yeah there are times. I, I was in ministry for 17 years. I get it. I get it when you put all this effort into an event and a lot of people don't show up and you start going down the roll in your head. Well, where are the Dimbozics? Where are the Peters? Yeah. And, and you start thinking, well, they rejected me in my ministry. Well, no, that's no, don't do that. Well, because honestly, the truth is, okay, so anxiety doesn't just affect children, right? Yeah. It affects it affects parents. Yeah. It affects us as leaders. And everybody, there's there's a normal range, as you said, or at the beginning of certain situations that make us all anxious. But we may have insecurities as leaders that are yep. not healthy as well. And so we need to be careful not to put things exactly. on people unjustly. So as a, as a ministry leader, strive to have that that perspective where you reach out to that family in genuine love and say, hey, sorry you weren't there. Just want to know I missed you, but I understand. And, and give that family a chance to respond. Maybe it wasn't anxiety. Maybe they, you know, maybe there's a different reason they, you can talk about it, but you, you give, you don't push that family away by making them feel bad that you're doing what's best for their kids at least in that context. So I think, you know, again, we're a family. And so to have that understanding, that love, that grace with one another and that communication, uh, I think is critical. Discipleship happens best in relationship. Yes. And so in order to, to serve and lead families well, we need to know them. And so we can't just uh, serve by, you know, name tags that tell us who these people, we need to really know people and take time to get to yes. know their stresses and strains and strengths. Uh, so that we can uh, meet them where they are and walk with them through exactly. wherever it is that they are. So. Yeah, and just to you know, brag on, on my pastor as we wrap up. Um, you know, this is what he's doing with with one of my kids who is about. She's past needing to be baptized, 
but she's been very slow because of anxiety yeah. because th- that would be up in front of people. It's all these different things and so forth. It's, it's a big deal for her. Yes. My pastor is so gentle with her. He is, he is so patient. We've talked through what's the, what are ways that we can do that that's least problematic for her. You know, which of our three services have the fewest amount of people. We can have the lights off until this happens. I mean, so he has been so patient with her and understanding and not pushing at all. Where he may, and if you knew my pastor, you know this about him. If it's me and I'm being a slacky about something, he'd just be all over me. Uh-huh. He'd just do it, Brian. You just need to do it. But his temperament, his posture with my daughter is spot on. And that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's what we need to do. We need just to love these for who they are, for who God has wired them to be, and love them and walk with them and through it. Each one is a unique individual. Yes. God's made each one of us differently. Yes. Yeah, cool. Brian DeBozik, thank you so much. Um, it's, it's always hard to talk about some of these things. But yeah, but it's good to talk about these things. We need to talk about these things more as the church. And as we share our own struggles or within our own families, it helps others because yep. you know there's a ton of people out there who are dealing with similar things who may not be as equi- well-equipped to, uh, to address them. So thank you. Listeners, the, the blog post is Five Lessons I'm Learning as a Dad of Kids with Anxiety on the Kids Ministry 101 blog. And uh, Brian has written that. We will uh, have the link to that blog post in the show notes of this episode. Wherever you're watching, come over to kidsministry101.com where you can find this blog post and others. And you can find archives for our podcast and listen to some of our, our other episodes with other thought leaders in the kids and family space. Thank you for listening. And we hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.